Kikueva Jr. Show starring Junior Kikueva Jr. Join Junior along with the Wayne Borhe Band as he makes any kind from Hawaii. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Junior Kikueva Jr. Thank you, 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 so, so United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, South Africa, Germany, and Belgium. But we like to say mahalo. We like to say thank you. In the United Kingdom, but there's these cities, uh, Poplar, Poplar, P-O-P-L-A-R, 66% uh, over there in Bladen, uh, England. So these are uh, cities in England uh, listening to us. So uh, in uh, Australia, it's Victoria and uh, let's see, that uh, Melbourne. So we like to say uh, thank you to the people in Melbourne and, you know, over there. Also, uh, Canada, we get people in Ontario and Alberta. And then, uh, let's see, what else? Toronto and Kain. Uh Let's see, Alberta is, what else? Uh, Calgary. So we like to say uh, how's it to those people over there. Bro, people, it's growing in Canada. It's really growing in Canada. And uh, South Africa, okay. Uh, let's see over here, South Africa. I don't know what, uh, I think it's Cape Town. I'm pretty sure it's Cape Town. Let's see. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. So, um, South Africa, where is that? Okay. Oh, Western Cape, Cape Town. Yep. So, uh, we like to say a mahalo to them. And also, uh, Germany. Germany's on board, North Rhine, Westphalia. And uh, what else there are oh, in uh, Bochum, B-O-C-H-U-M. We've been, we've been acknowledging that uh, for a while. And then, of course, uh, in Belgium. So in Belgium, uh, we get, let's see, in Belgium, uh, Wallonia and Anloy, Belgium. So we'd like to say uh, thank you very much. We appreciate you being on the podcast. We appreciate you listening. And, um, yeah, bro, we never thought it was going to be like this. We never thought it was going to be like this, Hawaiians. But we, th- we thought we're just going to do a little podcast and, and, you know, the people, the local people. Because local people, but they, they supported me no matter what. Day one, local people is on board. Right there. Boom. Day one. Yeah. So, so you know, um, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm very touched and it, it's a very good feeling uh, to know that everybody's on board. So, thank you very much. And on this podcast, uh, we got to talk about stuff. So, um, you know, we got to talk about... Uh, I talk about the law of attraction and how it worked in my life because, bro, there's a lot of stuff that I did. I never even do. I never do nothing. I did not do a, a damn thing, like nothing, and things happen. Okay, and one of those things was how I met Don Ho, and and how I got to perform for Andy Bumatai. So maybe I should start with the Andy Bumatai first because that was on short story. <laughs> so I was in Uncle Don's dressing room one night. Me and Uncle Don, me and Don Ho, and just me and him, and was was after the second show, and uh, so Andy Bumatai came over, cause Andy Bumatai had a one o'clock show at the at the uh, Oceanic, uh, uh, what was it? Oceanic uh, the the Reef Hotel. So uh, 
I, I forget the name of the ballroom right now. I think uh, Ocean Showroom, Ocean Showroom at the Reef Hotel. And he had a one o'clock show. And uh, Kamasami Kong, this this DJ from uh, from radio, local radio station, used to introduce him and stuff like that, right? And uh, it was a good show. But the place was packed. I mean, you couldn't get a seat. If you came late, you could not get a seat. It, it was sold out. I mean, Andy Bumatai was the biggest comedian. He was the biggest thing in Waikiki. And, and so Andy comes down into the dressing room. He walks down the stairs into the dressing room. And it's just me and Uncle Don. And, then, you know, he comes down and goes, hey, you know. So so they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. We go, we go, go. So they were going someplace. And uh, so they left. And and uh, I went home, you know. And, and before they left, Uncle Don looks at Andy and he goes, hey, this guy is a good comedian. You should have him on your show. Right, and he he points to me, and and I'm like, what comedian? See, Hawaiians, I always wanted to be a singer, right? I've been working on my singing like my whole life, and and here is Uncle Don, right? Don Ho, like Hawaii's greatest star, and he's telling Andy, oh, this guy good at comedy, you know? So, cause I I did one comedy bit for for Don Ho, and and I'm gonna explain that later, but but um, you know, I was being introduced to him as a comedian, and I was like, no, 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 I'm not a comedian. And, and I tried to fight that, like, all the way. I tried to fight them all the way. I mean, every time if me and Uncle Don used to talk stories, he'd tell, I'm not a comedian. I'm not a comedian. He goes, no, no, no. You funny. You funny. You, you know, because he knew I was quirky, right? And and uh, so, but but he, you know, he saw me a different way, right? And and I was trying to be serious. I was trying to learn how to sing. I was trying to, you know, all that kind of stuff. I was working on my singing. So so Andy goes, oh, come by the show. You know, come by the show and, and, and whatever. So... Next weekend, Friday, you know, because he, he, he did like uh, two shows during the week. But on Friday and Saturday, he did the suck em up show. It was like one, one o'clock. So he did the one o'clock and he used to put comedians like unknown guys. He used to bring all his friends. He opened the door for new comedians and he put them on stage and stuff like that. You know, and, and um, I mean, this is the old school. I mean, you know, Augie T and, you know, the, the, the comedians that you see around now, uh, they, they were still in um, elementary school. I mean, this this is this is quite a while ago, and um, but but yeah, so you know, so and I was I was like, whoa, yeah, okay, I'm going right, and and then so I did this bit, right? I used to do this bit with Don Ho, John Wayne, and Paul Lin. If you guys don't know who is Paul Lin, you gotta Google his his last name is spelled L Y N D E, uh, and and he's uh. He used to be the center square on Hollywood Squares. He was a funny guy. Oh, he was so funny. And and he was gay. You know, and he was, he was I mean, it was no secret. You know what I'm saying? But he was so funny. He was one of the funniest guys. One of the fastest guys, like, with his humor. Um, I mean, fast. This, this guy was unreal. They did a special on him, uh, the E! Hollywood special. They did a special on him uh, once. And uh, it was amazing. This guy was amazing. So I did an impression of Don Ho, John Wayne, and Paul Lynn singing Tiny Bubbles. And and I did it for Andy the first time I went. And I did, you know, I, I did it every time I went. But the first time, you know, I, you, you're always wondering, like, okay, how is this thing going to be received, you know, by, by the guy, by the man? Not the audience. I mean, the audience, you're going to get laughs and stuff like that. But how is this guy, how is Andy going to see it, you know? When I was performing for other people, you know, on their stage, I was like, oh, how, what they going to think, right? And, you know, I always wondered, like, what they was going to think. And and I was young, so I used to care about what people think. I mean, you know, and then, I mean, 
Yeah, when I was when I was small, like with my mom, I, I never care what anybody think. And then I started caring what people think. And then I, I started, you know, okay, no, you cannot do that. Don't care what people think. Never mind. And and then so I kind of went in and out of that kind of thought process, right? And and so I was wondering, like, you know, so I would always, you know, watch the person that gave me their stage to see the reaction. And so this time was no different. And I, I went up to the, the band leader. So the band leader for Andy Bumatai was this guy who used to, uh, he, he, at one time, he was the band leader for Uncle Don, for Don Ho. And, and he, you know, he had the band and it was a pretty good band. I mean, it, it was a small band. It was like five guys. Um, and, and, you know, but powerful, right? Small band, a lot of power. And so I told him, play Tiny Bubbles in F. The guy, okay. So they played Tiny Bubbles in F. I went up on a stage and I started doing my routine. And I got into my routine. And when I was in, you know, I, I did Don Ho, right? And I, and I turn around and I look at Andy Bumatai and he was, he was lying down on the piano because the piano was, had on grand piano and the, and the guy, the band leader was playing the piano, but it was in the back of the curtain so the crowd couldn't see. And the, the band was kind of like half hidden and, you know, cause there was off stage, right? And cause the stage was for Andy and, and the guy was playing the piano and the cover was, you know, down, right? It wasn't up like the, some of the baby grass. And Andy was lying on the piano with a mic in one hand, cordless mic in one hand. With the other hand, he was slapping the piano and laughing so hard when, when I did my Don Ho because, you know, he thought it was accurate. When I got to the Pauline part, yeah, he went back down on the piano, started slapping the piano. But there, it was the most flattering thing for me in the world, right? I thought, oh, wow, maybe I should be a comedian. You know what I mean? But... But I was so, uh, my heart was set on being a singer. And so, so that was the Andy Bumatai part. And then Andy invited me back. Um, he invited me back. I, I did, I did his show like three times. And then after that, um, I got busy. I got, I got doing other things. So I didn't go. But, um, cause, you know, going to his show was a big deal and you got to go early. And there's a lot of stuff involved. You know, you had to go early and you had to sit up front. That's, that's why you had to go early. You had to sit up front. So he would see you and he would call you. If he didn't know that you was in the audience, then, then you're not going to get called. And so all the comedians, all, all the, probably we was all lined up early. All the, all the guys that, that wanted a break in the business was all lined up early. We all sat in front and he called us one by one. I mean, that was awesome. It was the most awesome thing I was ever a part of. So Uncle Don, okay, that's a, now we're going, we're going backwards now. Now I'm going to tell you, how, how this whole thing happened with Uncle Don. That led to the Andy Bumatai thing. So again, right, with Andy Bumatai, that was a law of attraction. I didn't go see Andy Bumatai, knock on his door and say, oh, oh Mr. Bumatai, can I be on your show? No, well, Uncle Don did that. So how did the Don whole thing happen, right? Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you guys. So, I, I, I had been listening to Don Ho since I was five years old. When I was five years old, uh, we lived in Hanalei. There was no TV because the TV reception couldn't get over the mountain. So we used to listen to records. And we had this phonograph that used to drop records. Used to drop albums. You know, one at a time, right? The 33 and a half. Okay. If you guys don't know what is that, just Google. But but yeah, we used to listen to records. And so one of, one of the records was, was Don Ho. And and one of the records was, was uh, it was called the Don Ho Show, his first album. 
And when you listen, it was a live album. So when you listen to this, oh, brother, the audience, everything, bro, it was off the chain. But these guys was clapping and cheering. So so I used to listen to, to this album, right? And I listened to this album like almost every night because at night we used to just listen to records. And, and uh, the, my mom and dad used to turn, turn the house uh, lights off. Everything was dark. And we just listened to records. And we, we used to lie down on a pune. So for you guys that don't know what a pune is, it's a day bed in the living room. And we used to lie down on the, on the day bed in the living room with the lights off in, in Hanalei. And, and listening to, to records and stuff. But to me, this was the most exciting thing I ever heard, right? You know, it's the audience, everything. So it was it was uh, attractive to me. I didn't know that, that that was what I wanted at that time. That didn't happen till till later. So the years go by, years go by, right? I was like five years old. Years go by, years go by. Now I'm 10 years old. Now I start taking an interest in music. And I wrote two songs. I wrote my first two songs when I was 10 years old. Okay, trust me, you guys probably wouldn't like the song. They're too simple. I mean, really basic. One is called Kawaii My Island Home, and one is called The Wahini in the Blue and White Bikini. That I wrote that about my mom because uh, my mom had this blue and white bikini she used to wear, and, and the thing had on matching pareo that she used to wear with them. And, and uh, she was looking hot. I mean, you know, that was my mom, but she was looking hot. And, and so and we took pictures of them. So I still get pictures, you know, back home. Uh, back home, there's still pictures of my mom in that blue and white bikini. And that inspired me to write the song when I was writing. And um, so I was 10 years old. I wrote two songs. That was it. I never wrote songs after that till I was 14. But the first two, you know, I started and I started, you know, learning guitar chords, everything. Then I started listening to Don Hall records, okay? Because my stepfather used to tell me, like, when I when I used to come home, you know, from school and stuff, he used to be drinking. And and my stepfather was funny because if he was drinking vodka, like, he was so friendly. He was the nicest guy and he would get talkative. You know, my stepfather is Japanese and he would get talkative because he's naturally quiet, Right? Now, if he was drinking scotch, oh, wow, that's like giving fire to the Indians. And, my, you know, so my dad, oh, he's, don't go around him when he's drinking scotch because then he'll start picking on you, whatever, you know, like that. And so uh, he, he just wasn't nice when he was drinking scotch, right? So I'm like, okay, okay, all right, all right, it's all good, it's all good. So when he was drinking vodka and I used to go around him, he used to tell me, he used to always start with this. He used to say, in this life, and I never, I never put them together, right? In this life. He said, in this life, you gotta be the best. No matter what you do, you're gonna be on, you're gonna be on gangster, you're gonna be on crook, be the best, right? And you, you're gonna be, you know, whatever you're gonna be, but, but be the best. Try to be the best. So, so I always, you know, thought, kept that in the back of my head. The best guys that I saw, okay, was Frank Sinatra. And, and for guitar was Jose Feliciano. And I was already learning like some chords on the guitar from 10 years old. And I wasn't really playing until 14. But I learned some chords when I was 10 from these girls that came and stayed at our place. And then, um, you know, when I was 14, then I started learning, like, songs and stuff. Uh, it, it was, like, more serious. So so Jose Feliciano was was the, the guitar player. I'm going to tell you guys. That's another podcast. But I'm going to tell you guys how I manifested that. I totally manifested that. He came to me. I didn't go to him. Okay. So, um... The, the, the other thing was, locally, the best entertainer was Don Ho and Sam Kapoor. They was on the same show, right? The Don Ho show. But these guys were the best. 
And when I say the best, I mean they made the most money, they attracted the most people. You know, I, I never like go to brother on top of the sea wall with his ukulele and go, bro, how, how you gotta do this guy in show business, right? I wanted to go to the man. And Uncle Don was the man. Oh bro, he was the man, cousins. He was the man. So 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 anyway, right? And you you, you would think that, okay, well, I'm gonna seek out Don Ho and then you know I go no no no, wasn't like that. I started listening to his albums. Okay? Now this is part of the law of attraction. If you if you're listening to somebody's albums, if you're collecting somebody's posters, if you have it in your heart, you want to meet them. I mean, cuz some people just listen to their favorite songs. Some people just put up posters for the heck of it, right? But if you have that intention, and the intention <coughs> is that, you know, oh, one day I want to I want to meet this guy. One day I want to see this guy. One, you know, if you have that intention, you know, your inner being, your inner being knows, right? And this is the law of attraction, bro. So, so in, in my heart, I'm like, ah, oh, one day I want to meet Don Ho. I want to meet Don Ho. I want to ask him questions. I, I want to know how this thing works, this entertainment thing, right? Because he's the best, right? I wanted to meet Frank Sinatra too. That, that didn't happen, but I did go to one of his concerts when he came to Hawaii. So, so, you know, halfway the thing worked, right? But, but, you know, my, my thing was like, okay, I'll meet Don Ho. Now, just just a matter of fact, right? In a couple years, okay, my Calabash cousin married his daughter. Well, he started going with her first, right? And in Don Ho's daughter. And I was like, oh, okay. And then you know, I started I started going over and, and, and talking to her and you're like asking her questions, like, you know, about entertainment, stuff like that. And most of the time, you know, she told me, Oh, well, that's my dad. I, I don't know how you know, I don't know how to do the kind of stuff. It's, it's mostly him. But she danced hula and stuff, and she used to dance hula on his show and stuff like that. So I mean, you know, so that's that's how the conversation started. And then one day when I was fourteen, I came to my uncle's place. Um, in Honolulu, right? And and I came to my uncle's place and he goes, okay, what what you like to do tonight? We'll go do something. What'd you like to do? And my response was, I want to see the Don Ho show, right? And he goes, the Don Ho show? Like I was 14, right? So he was probably thinking like, you know, I wanted to go do something hip or something, you know, whatever. I said, I wanted to go to the Don Ho show. Now, the Don Ho show was mostly tourists. Was mostly tourists and then had locals, but the locals were normally older, you know, like like Don Ho's age, right? And uh, so he goes, "Okay, all right, you want to see Don Ho? We go." So we went down to the Don Ho show, and and he knew Don Ho, and uh, so he and he had the connection. So we got him for free, and we got him one table. We sit in one table. The table is in the middle of the showroom, and we're sitting at a table. And we're just hanging out, waiting for the show, right? And and everybody's coming in. All the tourists are coming in from the bus, and they're all sitting down, you know, coming in. And then pretty soon, here comes Don Ho's daughter, the girl I know, right? And she's walking down the aisle, and I didn't even see her. And she goes, hey. And I turn around, and I look at her, and she goes, hey, what you doing here? And I said, oh, I came to see the show. She goes, you want to meet my dad? And I'm like, What? Meet your dad. Yeah, okay, I'm 14 years old, right? I'm four, in a 14-year-old's mind. is like, whoa, right? <laughs> it's like that, right? So so she takes me. She goes, come on. So she takes me in the back to the dressing room, and we go to the dressing room, right? And I walk in the dressing room, and the first thing I see, okay, the dressing room is, is kind of dimly lit, like had a lamp, had a lamp and a couple of lamps, but soft light, like real low, low lighting. And we go in the dressing room, right? And he's signing papers. That like he's signing something. 
right? And later on, I, I found out, you know, he was helping somebody. He was putting money behind somebody. He, he was helping somebody with a business, and he was signing papers. And so he, he signed a paper, and he said, a friend in need, oh, I'll go see him like him. He was signing a paper, and he went, a friend in need is a pest. And he said, I'm just like that. And he even signed the thing, and then gave him to the guy, whoever was, you know, the, I don't know who the guy was, but the guy took the papers, and then he left. And then he goes, hey, how you doing? Right? He goes like that. And so, so, and then she said, oh, dad, this is, you know, this is Junior, you know, Junior, this is my dad. I'm like, whoa, Don Ho, right? And I shook his hand. And, 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 you know, he said, oh, you came to see the show. And, and I said, yeah, you, you know, and it was just small talk, right? Okay. And then, then we had to go because he had to get ready for the show. And so, so I went. So I went back, sit down, saw the show, everything. Okay, pow. Then I went back to, you know, to my island. <laughs> I went back to my island, went back home after, you know, the, the vacation was over, summertime, right? Go. So then, and I was 14 at that time. Okay, so the time goes by, the, the calendar goes by, 14, 15, 16, 17, graduate high school, okay? So I graduated high school. I graduated high school by the hair of my chinny chin chin. I was too busy having fun with my friends. But but anyway, that, and that's another podcast. That's a different podcast. So anyway, but yeah, so I graduated high school, right? And then, so I told my mother, right, when I graduated, because I had to get away. I had to get away. I mean, had people, they was doing my mother favors. They were spying on me. Every time I went home, my mother told me what I did that day. You know, she thought, oh, you was down the beach. You was drinking. You was doing this. You did that. But my mother told me what I did, right? So I'm like, hey, I got to get rid of this. I got to go. So I told my mom, you know what? I went home one day and, and I was I was in a bad mood because somebody, somebody crossed me. You know, I went home. I said, I said, mom. Put me on a plane. I'm leaving and I'm never coming home. Right? And I'm going to Honolulu and I'm going to be a star. I told my mother that. And my mother my mother's like, okay, whatever, float your boat. Right? So she goes, all right, go get your stuff. You know, so I got my stuff ready, everything. I left everything else at home. It left everything. I just, you know, just seeking a new life. I just left everything behind. Like everything. Right? So she takes me down. The, the last thing I did was shake hands with my friend Phil at the lifeguard station. I said, Ma, pull over. I got to go say goodbye to Phil. Because we was all lifeguards down the beach, right? And, and you know, I was, you, you know, before him. But then but then now he was. And, you know, so I went down, said goodbye. I shook his hand. said, oh, I'll see you later, bro. And, and I jumped in the car. And my mom took me to the airport. And the rest, as they say, is history. I did not go back. See, I told my mom I was never coming home, right? I did not go back for 10 years. 10 years I went. When I went back, I never recognized the place. It was like, it was like I was Rip Van Winkle. Like, like you know, I, I, when I came back, it was a different airport. They went build them up different. Everything was different. But that's another podcast. <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys that podcast, but that's another one. So anyway, and then, then I'm over here, right? Now, I'm 17 years old, fresh out of high school, right? Not 18 yet because my birthday is in October, right? And so I, I don't know anybody, but, okay, and here's the big fat but, but I know Don Ho, right? And so naturally, I go down and, and go look for him, right? So I went, I went to, so, so now you got to understand, right, the law of attraction, 
I met him to the law of attraction. Now all I'm all I'm doing is following up, right? So so you know now you know I went down to the hotel. I asked the girl, oh how can I? Where, where do I find Don Ho? Oh he comes to work over there that staircase from the, from the garage. He he walks up and then he goes to the dressing room is right there. So I'm like oh okay. See in those days we never had psychopaths and you know people doing crazy stuff. So never had security. Yeah, I mean they had security guards in a hotel, but I mean you know. Things was relaxed, was, was, was mellow. So I waited at the top of the stairs. I waited at the top of the stairs like a stalker. I, I, was, I, just, I went hang. I went hang out, Hawaiians. I went hang out. 17 years old, right? I was hanging out pretty soon. About 6.30. Here comes Uncle Don walking up the, you know, walking up the, the, the stairs. And, and he's carrying his, his clothes and his shoes you know, for the show, and you know, and he got his keys in in his in his right hand, and he's walking up the stairs, and I see him, and I go, "Hey, Uncle Don, remember me?" You know, because I I call him Uncle Don from the time I met him, because that's respect in Hawaii. We call so just for you guys in different parts of the world in Hawaii, we either call we in the old days. I, I maybe now it's a little bit different, but in the old days, we were trained to address the adults either auntie. Uncle, right? Auntie or uncle, or Mister or Mrs. And and so I call him Uncle Don. And so I said, "Hey, Uncle Don, you remember me?" And he looked at me, and I don't, I don't think he remembered me. But you know, there is a chance that maybe he could have remembered me. And he said, "Yeah." He goes, "Yeah, I remember you." He goes, "Well, how are you?" I go, "Good, good." And I reached out to shake his hand, and he had his keys in his hand. I was so nervous. I went, I went shake the keys. <laughs> I went shake his hand with the keys inside, right? And then he goes, yeah, come inside, come inside. So I went inside the dressing room, right? And so we was talking story a little while. And pretty soon he goes, oh, you can hang out, but, you know, I got to get dressed. Right? So he started getting dressed right there. I mean, you know, I was talking story with him. He was getting dressed right there. And then he was putting on his boots. His, you know, he's put on there. And then pretty soon he had to go. And then he goes, hey, you know, there's a table in the back of the room. In the back of the showroom, in the back, and it's it's elevated, so it's gonna be one good seat for you. Go sit over there. You can sit over there if you like. So I'm like, whoa! I get to see the show again, right? Right? So I go over there and I and I sit on the table, and the table is elevated over everybody in the showroom. That it was on a platform, so that so the table was on a platform with the chairs, everything, and it was a VIP table. Where the VIPs uh, apparently uh, weren't there, and there was no VIPs. And in the years that I was there, the whole four years I was there, um, I only maybe saw somebody over there, maybe once or twice. I mean, you know, so so nobody really used the the place, uh, that that area. So I was, you know, I was sitting over there, and and I and I saw the show, and and that led to another show and another show, and I well, I just keep I just kept coming, right. And so it was four years, like, on and off that, you know, whenever I could, I would come down and see the show. And I would just sit right on the table and watch the show. And and after the show, you know, I would hang out with Uncle Don. And he would answer all my questions. He would answer all my questions and stuff. I mean, I saw a lot of stuff in that showroom. I mean, I saw uh, I saw some stuff in that showroom. I mean, I, I'll, that's another podcast. But I'll go tell you guys, you know, some of the stuff that happened uh, at the Don Ho show. Like, I mean, there was a time where... He used to duck out of the spotlight. There was a telephone on, mounted on the side of his organ, and it had a it had a switch on the handle. 
it looked like a telephone but had a little switch like a walkie-talkie on on the handle and and he used to you know he used to give commands in there and the lights would change the whole room the sound would change like whatever he wanted he he just he just spoke the word and boom things happened I mean, you know, and there was one time, okay, I can tell you, I can tell you guys this. There was one time where I went in the back, right, by the hula girls room, right? And uh, bro, we used to see topless hula girls all the time, <laughs> in and out. And then I'm 17, 18, 19, 20, up to 21, right, those years. Bro, we've we seen it all. Oh, my goodness. Bro, Hawaiians, I can't even tell you. Oh, good fun. So there was this podium, okay, and the podium was right outside the hula girls dressing room. And there was a book on the podium, right? There was a book on the podium. And then there, there was there was a microphone, right? And I, you know, I, I look at that. I'm like, oh, okay. When I went to check the book, right? Because, you know, I, I wanted to Ni'ele. Ni'ele in Hawaiian means, you know, I was nosy. I wanted to see what it was, right? I was studying this thing. I was studying the show. I was studying the jokes, the timing. I was studying everything about this place. So I went up to the book and I looked at him. Oh, this book had words, like words to songs, lyrics to songs. So I asked, you know, I asked, uh, I asked one of the, the angel, Angel Pablo, and I asked Angel. I said, "Hey, Angel, what, what's that? What's that uh, thing with the words for the songs?" He goes, "Oh, he goes, so so Patty stands over there, and Patty was Uncle Don's girlfriend, and Patty stands over there and reads him the words, and I go into the microphone." And he goes, yeah, see, he said, he has this little earpiece. It looks like a hearing aid, but it's not a hearing aid. And he wears this thing and you can't see it because his hair covers his ear. But, but he wears this thing and she tells him the words when he's singing. And then he, he, you know, cause he, he does so many songs. He, he doesn't memorize all the songs. And that's, oh, okay. You know, so, wow, this was news to me, right? And then, you know, uh, Willie Bap, uh, Willie Baptist, I can say his name, he's no longer with us, God rest his soul. But uh, Willie used to be the valet, and Willie used to put away his clothes and stuff. So when Willie was putting away his clothes, there was a small little box, and he used to be putting away the, the, the receiver. And the receiver was the one he used to wear in his ear, and he used to be putting them away. And, you know, one time I said, hey, Willie, that's the, that's the thing, eh? He goes, yeah, 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 that's for the lyrics, for the song. And he used to put them up in the closet. And so, I, you know, I used to see him do all this stuff. So I, I saw the back end of everything. I saw the front side of everything. And I can tell you, Hawaiians, the back end is nothing like the front. The front is strictly show and fantasy and the kind. I mean, it, it's awesome. It was awesome what I saw in the front. And and uh, Uncle Don always used to tell me, he said, hey, it's the music business. He always, he always emphasized business, right? It's the music business. So I was like, wow, okay, okay. So, I mean, you know, four years. And the last night they was there. And, you know, he reunited with the Ali'is for a little while. And the last night he was there, they was pulling out the sound system. They was breaking down everything. Because the 10-year contract was over. Okay, so he had a $10 million contract. Okay, million dollars. And, and wow, this, this contract, he was making 42000 a week. Forty-two thousand, a little over forty-two thousand dollars a week, and and the contract ran for ten years, and it was at Cinerama, and and you know his place was called the Polynesian Palace. Bro, this was this was unreal, unreal. I mean, the the kind of stuff I saw, and then then everything was getting pulled out, and then he and uh, Uncle Larry, Uncle Larry Mihal, 
they they leased Don Ho's place in the international marketplace. That was the old Duke Kanamoku's. And then, you know, and that's another podcast. That's another podcast, Hawaiians. But, but, you know, but that was the next place. And then after that place was Hilton Hawaiian Village Dome, right? And, and then after the dome, he went to, uh, the beachcomber, uh, and up until the time he passed away. But man, I tell you, Hawaiians, I can tell you stories. I can tell you stories. Well, it was good fun. I mean, everybody was like family. And Uncle Don treated all the guys, you know, uh, and girls like family. But like the guys, he treated all the boys like like they were all his sons. I mean, he treated me like his son. He treated all the boys. I, I saw him do that to all the boys that hung out, you know. And there's still some guys that, that I know that I see once in a while. They used to hang out with me over there uh, back in the day. And and we used to drink till three, four o'clock in the morning. Sometimes five, five thirty. You know, sometimes when the sun was coming up. But but you know the the it was it was the it was his showroom, and, and we could just sit in there and and drink. And the the dressing room had all the all the alcohol, everything. I mean, well, I was sitting next to Don Ho drinking drinking vodka tonics and and smoking cigarettes and. And I was 17, and I thought I was the man, but at 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, I mean, you know, in those days, and, and all the syndicate uncles was there. I mean, bro, I, I can tell you stories, but that, that place was unreal, and I was the fly on the wall, and I was like, wow, what did I do for this, right? How hard did I work to get in this situation? The answer is, I didn't. The answer is, I attracted this stuff. You know, first I was listening to his records, right? I liked the music. Then my, you know, my, my stepfather was telling me, be the best, right? And so I, so I looked at him as, as the best. He was the best in Hawaii. And he was around the world. He was world famous. In a time where we didn't have internet, he was world famous, right? And then, I mean, he was on TV in the mainland. He would go on all these TV shows when they came down here. TV shows come down here, they would film. He would be on that thing, right? So, I mean... And then, you know, what are the odds? I'm sitting there and his daughter comes by and goes, Hey, what you doing here, right? You want to meet my dad? And then I met him. And then when I came back, you know, he's the only guy I knew. Boom, right there. And that led to four years of hanging out. And, you know, and, and a lifetime, the rest of my life of, of, of knowing him. And, and in my office, I have, uh, I have three gold records that are hanging on the wall. And and uh, those are autographed albums that he autographed for me. I also have uh, an autographed album from Uncle Sam Kapoor. And uh, Uncle Sam was his right-hand man for many, 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 many years. And, and, you know, so it was a blessing for me. How much did I pursue that? The answer is uh, not really. All I did was go down and, and find Uncle Don when, when I came, you know. But, but, you know, I already met him already. Right. And, and so I went down. It, it didn't take any effort at all. I just stood on the fire escape and waited for him to come to work. The rest, as they say, is history, you know. But, but the education I received, oh, yeah, was awesome. That's all the law of attraction. Okay. The law of attraction says wherever you put your focus, that, that's going to materialize. Things are going to happen. Doors are going to open. God's going to open doors. I mean, all that stuff. You know, it's not like it's not like I I made a whole bunch of effort and worked hard. I did not work hard to meet Don Ho. I did not work hard to to uh, you know have have that relationship with him and and I mean you know so um, so yeah it was all the law of attraction Hawaiians and if I can sum it all up Hawaiians if I oh here we go I can, I gotta go Hawaiians all right I gotta go here we go but. Right.
if I can sum it all up, Hawaiian, well, it was easy. It wasn't hard. It was not hard. It was easy. All I had to do was be there. Hey, the podcast is being brought to you by Island Club and Spa. Mahalo to Randy, the CEO, Randy Otto, and uh, general manager. And uh, they have two locations. General manager, Jerry Berger. And uh, they have two locations. So one is in Kaka'ako, right? And one is down in Waikiki at the Alohilani Resort. Oh, God. Hey, also Voice Master Enterprises. And we like to mahalo AFM Hawaii Music featuring the music of Darren Chinade. It's on iTunes. Check them out. Download it. Buy it. Yeah, it's good. Pop music being made in Hawaii. Until next time, Hawaiians. I'm Junior Keiko Eva Junior. Aloha. That's the Wayne Bodhe band right there.